tonight Spoken word tonight. there it is we are the dbc i am bastard uh, number three at the controls here yeah. i love that theme song even though it really doesn't apply any longer yeah why 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 would you ever get rid of it it's just it's too good no, it is just too good thank you sticks it in you like yeah. you, you you take the the one piece i guess that's irrelevant but the rest of it still is fine hey. so not we, gonna f- we, if, if ever you learned anything from, from television, it's you take the good and you take the bad, and there you have. The different the strokes. The different yeah. strokes, right? See, I know my television. That's Bastard number one over there, television expert. With what in the blue blazes is that on your shirt? I just see a mullet. I see a... Is that Brutus the Barber beefcake? Nope. Look look closer. Look closer. Look, who's it look like? Is that Howard Jones? That is Howard Jones. You got a Howard Jones t-shirt. I do. Where does one acquire, first of all, a Howard Jones t-shirt and a Howard Jones t-shirt in your size? Yes. A fat Howard Jones t-shirt is acquired on fathowardjones.com. Go go look. <laughs> no, and seriously, where the hell did you get it? Um, I, I think like T Public or something like that. Oh, has, okay. So it's like a bootleg. It does have big size. It's not bootleg at all. It's, well, I don't. I think T Public is. Like? I think T Public is all non-sanctioned it's, stuff, right? Oh well, this this it's not official Howard Jones merch. Like somebody took that God, picture no. and put it on a shirt. Oh God, no! Yeah, and that that, that to me is bootleg. No, I mean, right. I'm fine with that. I mean, I have plenty of bootleg shirts too. But like, you weren't going to HowardJones.com, clicking on the merch store, and then getting that sent to you. I hope Howard Jones is not selling this uh, <laughs> neon thing with a mullet. Yeah, that would be a bit much, I think, if uh, uh, he was doing that in 2024. Um, be curious. Maybe, maybe is this a predictor of things to come? Maybe we'll get to Howard jo- Howard Jones cover tonight. I don't know. We'll see how things go. Oh, it is. It's possible, right? I, I said it in the uh, in the text. Oh, that's maybe right. We I will, or maybe that. we won't. We've got a lot to get to uh, on this week's edition of the DBC. Uh, we're going to talk to Bass Number One in just a moment about his uh, adventure through 2024. And all the album releases and the things that he's aborted and the things that he thinks is perfect and everything in between. And then uh, we've got, uh, as we were saying just before the show started, it's Duncan Sheik night here at the DBC. And not uh, something you never thought you'd hear in 2024. Hey, Duncan Sheik night. But yeah. Here it is. Uh, so Duncan Sheik was uh, on our list of uh, one hit wonders to talk about. It was my turn. And so I, I chose to do that. And then we also had. Sort of in the background, this, um, much like we did with that uh, covers record a couple weeks ago that you brought, uh, that was all of the the um, black metal covers of uh, 80s tunes. 
Yeah. Um, it reminded me of this uh, Duncan Sheik '80s covers record, which we had talked about on the show. We never got to. It's from a bunch of years back, but um, I thought it would be an interesting kind of bookend to the metal piece, sort of totally swinging the other way. Um, and so then Bastard Number One was like, "Hey, let's just make a Duncan Sheik night. Why yeah, not? Might as well." So here we are. And then of course we got the uh, song exchange coming up at the end of the show, and you know what happens there. So yep. I don't even need and, to. And don't forget a first listen. We we you skip right oh over. Oh my we god, got I forgot listen. about that. How could I forget about that? We got a first listen of the uh, new Mick Mars record. Mm. I know you're all salivating out there, waiting with bated breath to hear that thing. We will get to that in a little bit on the show. Um, um, before we start, uh, I'm going to take about two minutes. I'm going to call in an audible here because something crossed the wire that I have to share on the show to get your genuine reaction. Sure. Um did you hear in the last 24 hours about the existence of a Goo Goo Dolls Broadway musical? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, wow. so here it is. Uh, this is coming from our friends at Stereo Gum. Uh, I saw their headline reading, Goo Goo Dolls Sci-Fi Jukebox Musical in Development. A Goo Goo Dolls sci-fi jukebox musical is currently in development. According to Playbill, the musical is set to have its first public performance early next month at an industry preview in New York. It's called Here Is Gone, which is the name of a latter-day Goo Goo Dolls single, uh, and is written by playwright James Manessis. Mean name means nothing to me. Songs no. featured apparently include uh, Name, Truth Is a Whisper, which is a fantastic song, uh, Feel the Silence, I don't know that one, and Black Balloon, Black Balloon, tremendous song. The plot was summed up as such, quote, a dystopian sci-fi story that imagines a future where dreaming has been made illegal. <laughs> Why are the Goo Goo Dolls involved in this? How does that fit in? The production is directed uh, by just a bunch of people I've never heard of, the cast, a bunch of people I've never heard of. This preview is apparently going to take place uh, and it's just an industry presentation so i guess it's trying to like maybe drum up funds or distribution or whatever it's gonna be yeah, march 7th it's a shitty idea <laughs> uh some of the comments underneath it uh as dark as broadway is tonight it is not as dark as the cold void of space um and uh yeah this is and uh, yes i guess the goo goo dolls would be the soundtrack to a dystopian world in which dreaming is illegal <laughs> And then somebody commented, somebody commented underneath that. Yes. Also lots of matchbox 20. So yeah, what a crazy, uh, you know, the that whole, seems very unnecessary. The whole jukebox musical thing is, is a bizarre phenomenon to me. Um, but what exactly does that mean? So that is like an artist's songs. Uh, are basically the featured music in the show. There's not a pl- recreations like the actual songs. Oh no, no, no! It's 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 theatrical renditions oh, of okay. them, but it's but it's not original music written to like drive a plot. Gotcha. They take the Goo Goo Dolls music, they fashion a plot around that. So like Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill had a jukebox musical. Yeah. Billy Joel had one. Uh, uh, Frankie Valley. The, the what do you call it? The um. Jersey Boys, right? It's probably the most, I think maybe the most famous jukebox musical because it's all these songs everybody knows and then they just fashion a plot around it. These all made sense, though. Mm-hmm. Correct. I'm not sure this one makes much sense. No, no. Goo Goo Dolls is, that is not on my bingo card. So 
suffice it to say, I'm going to be keeping tabs on this because I want to see how this goes and God help us if it makes it to a cast album phase and we have Broadway renditions of Cuckoo Doll singles. And I'm going to listen to it. And you're going to listen to it because of course you are. All right. Uh, because it would hopefully be making it into our 2024 uh, album, you know, catalog here, the adventure that you're in the middle of. So, uh, first listen. Oh, it would be a, it would absolutely be a breaking news first listen if that thing dropped. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about your uh, adventures in music this week, sir. Uh, there was a lot of them. I hit 85 different records this week. Mm-hmm. Which is a, which is a lot compared to the previous like thirty. Um, so we're at um, total for the year on uh, recording this as of February twenty eighth is five hundred and twenty nine albums listened to. Yep, yep, that's a lot. So I aborted three more. Right, I aborted. Um, I aborted. Let's see. Um, the uh, you know the band the Jack Rubies. Uh, no, but that's a fantastic name for a band. They, they've been around since the eighties, I believe. Um, record just wasn't worth my time. Mm-hmm. I aborted that one. Um, I aborted a record by a group called Remo drive called mercy simply cause I didn't like the vocals. It just uh-huh. was, was grating on me. And then I tried, I really, really tried, but I had to abort the, uh, swing album made by um, uh, Rod Stewart and Jules Holland. I was so bummed to see this. So bummed to see that you could not make it through a swing album by Rod Stewart. Uh, I tried, dude. I really did. Mm -hmm. Anyway. um, And I gave out um, 110, which makes my eighth, tenth, a 10 of the year. Um, And it was an interesting one, because are you familiar with Ishan at all? Uh, Black metal artist? God bless you. And so you're not. No, I don't, I don't know what that is. Now, he was the lead singer and guitarist of Enslaved. Um, uh, no, Emperor, sorry. Um, and it's a common he, mistake. Yeah, Enslaved and Emperor. Yeah, sure. Um, no, and, and he uh, is now sort of like an avant-garde artist. Um, he releases some black metal, um, but releases a lot of rock. Um, all over the map, really, with... with with what he puts out, but he put out two records this week, a black metal record called Isan self-titled record. Mm-hmm. And then, um, an orchestral version of the same record, which is all instrumental. Weirdly enough, I gave the orchestral version, the 10 again, proving that you make zero sense. Yeah. It is a gorgeous record. I, it's supposed to be the orchestral version of the black metal record. Mm-hmm. In all honesty, I couldn't piece the two of them together. To, if, if I listened to them back to back, and I couldn't tell you that that was the orchestral version of this, the self-titled record. It just seemed like a standalone record. And it's hard because, you know, black metal is black metal. It is just a little, you know, there's a lot of one notes. Um, it, he varies uh, his styles quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But but it wasn't like there was any black metal in the orchestral version. It was strictly orchestral. And I can't describe it any other way because I can't say it's like a classical record because it's not. It's an orchestra version of black metal without any black metal in it. So it's it's kind of a, I don't know how else to describe it, but orchestral. That right? is a bizarre description, but. Yeah. So um, 
we had that, which is great. Um, and then my favorite, uh, we had a lot of metal bands that had great names this week. Um, my favorites, um, Pus-Filled Soup. Isn't it Piss-Filled Soup? Or Sorry, Piss-Filled Soup, yep. How dare piss- you? I know. Pus- Pus-Filled pus- Soup. Right. <laughs> um, piss-Filled Soup with their EP, Cauldron Brewing of the Urine Stew. Um, how, how is that a one or what? Did you give it a one or a two? I gave it a two. How is that a two? I, I don't know. I, I just, it just is. Um, <laughs> there were six different records or seven different records from Fupa Goddess. <laughs> That's great. Including one split uh, with Degenerates Boiled Alive and Raw Human Feces. <laughs> That's not the album I, name. That's I didn't the even, band name. I didn't even see that. It's yep, cut yep. off on my screen. Holy hell. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. That is fantastic. Um, and um, yeah, I also gave out three my first three zeros of the year, which means in order for me to give out a zero, that means I've listened to the entire record and found no redeeming qualities to it. And so, you didn't feel the need to abort it. I didn't feel the need to abort it. No. Now the two of them are from Fupa Goddess. <laughs> they are uh, Fupa Goddess is a grindcore band, sort of. I guess as best you can call it, noise grindcore. Um, they're all EPs. They're very short, but the two I gave zeros—they're almost all samples. There's hardly any music on it. It's—they're—it's ridiculously bad. I mean, the records I gave a a two max. Everything mm. else was a two, a one, a one and a half, or a zero. Um, terrible, terrible music. Well, here's um, here's—I guess here's a question for you. In the long run, which is worse—the records that you gave the zero or the ones that you abort? I think the zero. Is it? Because you could make it through. You were looking for something, some kind of redeeming value in it, but you couldn't even make it. So you're saying that the zero from Fupa Goddess is worse than the Rod Stewart. Which you couldn't. How many many tracks of Rod Stewart did you make it through? Three. Three. Yeah, I don't I know. That, I, went, I can't do this anymore. That's like that's a really interesting question. Which is worse? Is it worse to abort it, or is it worse to get all the way to the end and give it a zero? That's that. It, I don't know how to answer that. I I abort it because I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I give it a zero because I don't like it. Interesting, interesting. But if you if if you said to me like if you pose that question again, yep. Is is the Fupa Goddess Zero worse than the swing <laughs> record from Rod Stewart? I'd say yes, except I aborted Rod Stewart. <laughs> so Fupa Goddess Zero versus Rod Stewart abortion. That's the tagline for this week's edition of the DBC. <laughs> ah, that's great. Rod Stewart yeah. abortion. Or actually, that could be the name of a metal band that goes on tour with Degenerates Boiled Alive and Raw Human Feces. Yes. Rod Stewart abortion. that's great and i gave out one more zero so three zeros in the same week yep that's a lot um and and so this isn't fupa goddess certainly it's a more established artist but i gave a a flat zero to the unimaginably bad new ace freely solo record that is i had no idea he had anything and i was following your uh social media posts about this it's did you listen to the one song no clearly cute was the name of the song it's gotta be one of the worst songs ever written in fact you want to take a detour and play like 
30 seconds of it? I do. Because yeah, I need I to know. I'm going to say one of the worst songs ever written. There's probably, you probably need to hear it. Because there's, there's more songs coming you, up tonight you, than maybe some of the worst ever written. You can't throw that gauntlet down, right? And not back it up. Right. And also, what is this dude? Like, is this, this dude's got to be like, what is he, like 70, 80 now? I mean, how old are the Kiss dudes? I, I, think, he's in, I think he's in his 70s, yeah. And that's what he looks like? Jesus. All right, so the album is called 10,000 Volts. That is an album cover. Holy hell. Okay. So, uh, so I, and I'll tell you this. The opening riff said to me, ooh, this is going to be good. Past that point, everything went downhill. Okay. So we're looking at a track called Constantly Cute. Oh, my God. Lyrically, this is insane. Like, filter level insane with shitty music on top of it. Like, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Worse than filter level uh, it, it, with shitty music on top of it. Well, it's, see, the thing that saves filter is the incredible music on top of the shitty lyrics. I know. So you're stripping but, the best part of filter out and putting shitty music in. Oof. Holy shit. Wait till you hear this. All right, here you're it is. Play the whole thing. We're no, no, you're going to, uh, I'm going to leave the mics hot so you can kind of cue me. Go, and, just go through, the, go through the first chorus and you get enough. Okay, here it is. This is <laughs> new music on the DVC from Ace Fraley. Constantly cute. Check this abortion out. Love it already. It is. All the ladies, they lose their minds. Attractive and coy, but you're not aware. You're not of this earth and you're an angel. You're charming a lot. You're like the girl next door. Your magic ensues all the Absolute. What does that mean? I don't know, but the the unfortunately, um, Spotify is letting me le- letting me down. There's no synced lyrics to go along with this. I was hoping to read them along with it. Yo, that is um, that's terrible. And that's he can't pretty, sing. He did he did he sing in Kiss? Oh, that uh, I don't know. I don't know enough about Kiss to know if he. I don't. He might have one or two songs. But if he did, like that, I hope. That's not what he sounded like because that was no, tuneless. Back in the, so remember, remember, Kiss put out each each member of Kiss put out a solo record back mm-hmm. in the late seventies, and Ace Frehley's record I thought was the best one of them all. Oh. So there, he is who he has dropped off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. That that I'm t- I mean it's laughably bad. Everything about it is wrong. It's cheesy. It's the the way it's mixed is all like, just so bad. I just can't believe for someone that probably has as much money as him, that's the best I could come up with. Like, do you think enough of yourself as a writer that you didn't go, let me just get some Desmond Child songs? Shouldn't you be in like the meetings developing your holograms 
and all the other stupid business decisions that that band is involved in. They are not about anything to do with music. Music is always the last thing with them because it's about the merchandising and yes. the branding and the licensing. And look, I've never been a Kiss fan. Nope. I did not think they were very good. However, they were better than that. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that was that was something else, man. That was special. And that's and that's not the in your, and that's not the only crappy song you're going to hear tonight. Oh, cool! I love crap. Uh, all right. So, is that everything from your uh, from your weekend review, or is there anything else you wanted to the, hit on in the there? Only two things I wanted to talk about. Otherwise, were a brand new record from Austrian Death Machine, Quad Brutal, Quad Brutal. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Austrian Death Machine is? I don't. It's a an Arnold Schwarzenegger themed death metal band. Oh, of course it is. Now, now that you say that, it makes perfect sense. Quad brutal. Mm-hmm. Get to the chopper. So the the lead singer does a, a a fantastic Arnold Schwarzenegger impression, and he just does quotes from all different Arnold movies and then forms songs around them. Nice. It's at, but it's actually a legit project. Like the music on it's relatively good and well played, and and it you know the quad brutal fourth fourth record. Um, you know, by this point, it's a little uh, retread. The first album was the one that had all the get to the chopper. Right. It's not a tumor. Stuff like that. Yeah. This you're... record now, now you're going to obscure quotes. Now he's going to like when he shoots an alligator in a racer and he says, your luggage. It's like yes. stuff like that. <laughs> it's just like Shit like awful that, yes. quotes. You were trying to make that a catchphrase, weren't you, Arnold? It's not working. Yeah. Yes. And then, and then the uh, the album that no one asked for, a re-recording of Melissa Manchester's greatest hits. Okay. Don't know why anyone needed a re-recording of Melissa Manchester's greatest hits, but okie dokie. Here we are. It's 2024, the year of strange stuff. You got that and Ace Freely in the same week? Yep. Yep, we did. And a so. new Kim Wilde record? A greatest hits. Oh, greatest hits. Uh-huh. No, no, no. Sorry. Not even a greatest hits. It's the the Rack Years. So her first uh her first two first three records were on Rack Records, R A K. And okay. uh this is uh, a remastered version of those three records, which have been out of print. And two of them weren't released in the US. So it was an interesting uh interesting listen. Okay. All right. Well, another uh intriguing uh uh sojourn through the uh, releases of the week um anything to look forward to this week that you're uh amped to try or uh, um, uh looking to well, i'm not amped for the ministry record but there's I'm a not... ministry record amped is not the word i'd use either but i'm looking forward to there's actually there's this is the first week in a while where there's like a good number of priority listens for me See, I, I don't know what's coming out, to be very honest. I haven't looked. I am always interested in a new Bruce Hornsby record, especially, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we talked about that. It, it's, you know, it, it's going to be avant-garde. It's going to be a little weird. He's he's but, in his weird Hornsby phase right now. Yeah. But the weird Hornsby phase is an okay phase to me. I've liked a lot of the weird stuff lately, so. Yep. Yeah, there's that. And, and I'm, this Liam Gallagher and the dude from the Stone Roses have got a record coming out. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm intrigued about that. I mean, I, I don't care about this, but Bruce Dickinson has a solo record. Oh, I mean, I'll listen to it. I'm, I'm Of course I'm you're going. Of course you will. Yeah. You'll listen to everything. 
but um, Paula Cole has a new record. Paula Cole, really? Paula Cole, yeah. Apparently, well, we should put that on the possible uh, first listen. Yeah, I guess she would have been around that uh, around that been. time. Well, we uh, as we move into that, I mean, I, I remember on the list last week was Mick Mars and Modern English. That's true. Uh, Modern English, Modern English wasn't a band at our time. No, it wasn't. I didn't realize. I didn't realize they had stopped making music for so long, so they really didn't qualify. And I'm trying to stick to the, the kind of the rules that they were a, a band at least while we were in uh, the music directors at TSR. How was that uh, album? Ah, it was okay. Okay. It wasn't. If it, I every now and then I make an exception when things are really good or something or really bad. But this, I gave a six. I mean, it was, yeah, hmm. it's an okay record. There's nothing wrong with it. But it's it's unexciting, that's for sure. Yeah, don't need it in 2024. No, probably not. But I also don't... I, I need it more than a Melissa Manchester re-recording. Mm-hmm. But do you need it more than the record that we are going to take a, a little listen to right here? What do you think about that? I don't know. I was kind of looking forward to this. Okay. And in all honesty, um, well, we're talking about The Other Side of Mars by Mick Mars. Um, the, the solo record that's been like, what, two decades in the making? And I guess he's finally getting to it because he was got plenty of spare time. Mostly booted and uh, from Motley Crue, retired, and then was sort of booted completely, and then uh, you know all kinds of stuff. So he's got the time on his hands. So. He's got some kind. Doesn't he have some kind of like major health problems or something? Oh, he's always had that that as ascaloding spongoiditis or yeah, I don't know whatever that is the degen- the degenerative back disease where he can barely stand up. Right. Like that's why he stands in place at concerts, and he's always in pain. So, you know, from that perspective, I, I completely get why he retired. Right. Um. And and so he's been working on these records since what I heard was 2014, so maybe a decade. Um, and um, it wasn't worth a decade of waiting. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, they they made it sound like uh, the promotions made it sound like. By the way, he's 72. So he's an old man now. But it made it sound like it was going to be this uh, complete departure from Motley Crue. Um, it's not even remotely a complete departure from Motley Crue. Not even remotely. Um, the, the biggest difference is the lead singer, Jacob Bunnan. I don't know who Jacob Bunnan is. We talked about this a little bit last week. Um, uh, Jacob Bunton is the lead singer for all except for the for two tracks who uh, has Brian Gamboa on it. Don't know him either. But the Gamboa songs were recorded in 2014 and also make for a little bit of a weird situation here because it doesn't sound right when you've got a couple songs with different singers on them. Sure. Um, the, the one person I know that plays on the record is, is Ray Luzier, uh, Lu, Luzier um, the drummer for Korn and other bands. Um, so he's on there. And Mick Mars has good riffs, no doubt. Um this is boring really kind of boring the the heavier songs uh some of them sound some of them sound like motley crew but you know that vince neal couldn't pull it off because he can't pull off much of anything these days and other songs sound like motley crew that could have been on the next motley crew record um i guess it depends on if you like motley crew or not i mean really in the end i don't so i know I know I'm not going to enjoy this. I was I was real. I was hoping for just a train wreck. Like so a, there's got we, there is a train wreck, and we may only want to do two of these. We may, uh, we, you know, who knows? We yeah. Want to do the? We want to do two? That's fine. Uh, We're going to do either two. We'll do two then. We don't need three. We'll do two then. Okay. Let's okay. start. 
so the, we're going to start with Broken on the Inside, which is the 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 second song on the record. Mm-hmm. All right. It um it has a, a a very typical rock riff. It the riff is good. I can't picture Motley Crue with this one. It's still hard for me to get past that Vince Neil is not singing over top of Mo- uh, Mick Mars riffs. And it's just something that you got to get p- past. This isn't bad, but nothing spectacular. But try it. Maybe, you know, maybe it'll hit you. Let's see what you think. Here's music from Mick Mars' solo record called Broken on the Inside on the DBC First Listen.
Oh, cool. And how, how annoying is that? That, that annoys the fuck out of me. That really was unnecessary production. <laughs> I, I just kept I listened to it uh-huh. and I heard and I heard that I'm like oh uh, it's a track skipping or whatever it's I don't like I don't like anybody who screws around with that stuff because it, no. it, it 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 freaks me out and well I just I wanted to make sure that it wasn't like just the, I figured it was the digital upload on title so I listened to it on on Amazon and it's mm. the same way I'm like oh geez I meant to tell you that up front and I forgot like mm. it's not it's not a bad song like it's not no, skipping or anything it it, it was. So the the riff was completely like caveman stupid, but sometimes that's okay. Like it it did its job. It was it was fine. It was heavier than I okay. thought it was going to be. Way yeah. heavier than like normal Motley Crue is, and doesn't have sure. freaking Vince There's Neil much like that, wailing on it over it. Like I, that was not bad. There's a lot more that is more like Motley Crue. Okay, well, it's like that though. I'm glad you went with that then. Because that yep. I that I at least got something out of. So now let's go train wreck. Okay, we we'll also right. love so train wrecks. We've and we're going to do a little preview first because to remind people. Um, but um, so we've talked about uh, Motley Crue's song Brandon before. How that possibly is one of the worst songs ever written. It was on the um, uh, Generation Swine record. So that is. Remember, for those who aren't fans of Motley Crue, they, you may not be familiar with this. For those who are, it's a song that lives in infamy because it was um, Tommy Lee's song that he wrote for his son, Brandon, a son with, uh, with what's your name, Pamela Anderson. Yep. And it's one of those songs where you write it and you present it to your son and say, look, hey, daddy wrote a song. And you don't include it on a major label record ever. Well, yeah, it was it was like the uh, uh, the guy who did the cover of Life Is a Highway, uh, where it was supposedly he did it for his kid, and it was like that's great, oh. record it for your kid, but don't put it out. <laughs> like no well, one needs but, to hear that. But no, 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 wait though. But the the cover of Life Is a Highway was a major hit. Big difference here. Right. This is a personal song. Sure. Ab- about his son for his son. Right. That has absolutely nothing to do with Motley Crue, and it's fucking terrible. <laughs> But so because the Mick Mars song is absolutely dreadful as well, I want you to compare the two. So I figure we've been taught we've talked about it. I don't know if we've ever played it. Let's do a teaser of Brandon just for a little bit. So here's another crappy song. Do whatever. 30 seconds, a minute, whatever. Get through a chorus if there is one. Mm -hmm. And let's hear how bad that song is. Now Here's a little refresher uh, going back to 97 with Motley Crue, Brandon. Love it already. Forget me not. You're all 
That's probably enough. Did he say you run around, you chase the clowns? No, I think it's clouds. Oh, I like to think that he's like chasing a bunch of clowns. Um, yeah. Is there a single member of Motley Crue on that track that's not named Tommy Lee? I don't think so. No. I don't think so either. So what the hell is that? To put that on the Methods of Mayhem record, at least that would make more sense. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't get it at all. <laughs> why that was on there? I don't get why contractual get obligation. Why, so uh, he must have said, "Here, I've got a twenty foot dick. I'm putting whatever I want on this record." <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. Mm. Right. So now we've got Mick Mars, and smack dab in the middle of this damn record. The fifth track out of ten is a song called Memories, a ballad. And the only, if I'm remembering correctly, the only ballad on the record. And oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. But not sung by him, terrible. not by Mick Mars. This is still no, the. And it's, it, it's still the other guy. Okay. Uh, it's still uh, Jacob Bunnan. The interesting part about it is if you actually look at the credits on my title or any other place, it says Mick Mars is the lead vocalist. He's not. It's, it's Bunton. I don't think he has a voice for this song, but I don't know that anybody would. Mm -hmm. So now you just heard Brandon. Listen to this. We're going to play the whole thing here. I highly doubt this is worse, but there's 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 moments where it's uh, close. Can you give <laughs> us a uh, teaser as to what it's about? Do you know the backstory on this one or do we not know? It's about memories. Just memories in general. I have no idea. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I was laughing too hard to listen to the lyrics. <laughs> They're bad, though. I know they're bad. No, I, I, I am not listening to this song again, other than this time, to uh -huh. be able to tell you what it's about, other than probably memories. Okay, well, here it is. Music from Mick Mars. Brace yourself with another, another comedy track here on the DBC First Listen. Let you go. 
Zoiks. Yeah, man. There it is. Music from Mick Mars. And interestingly, so how can it be a song by Mick Mars when Mick Mars is nowhere on the track? Unless you're telling me he's the piano player. I don't think he is. So what the hell did he have to? I would. I want to hear the demo. Did he? Is it chords on a guitar and he sang some like scratch vocal part? Here's what it is. And then had these people turn it into something real. Like how does how is that a Mick Mars song? Yeah, I guess he just, I guess he wrote it because as far as I, unless, I don't think he, it's him. The the keyboardist on this record is Paul Taylor, which was the keyboardist in Winger. Hmm. So that's who I And also, is, is he, he, if he's not a vocalist, is he writing any of these lyrics or is Bunton doing it? According to all this, uh, no, the writers, um, the writers on almost all the tracks are Mick Mars and Bunton and Taylor. Okay, so, so then I'm going to take that as all Mick Mars does is sit there and do the riffs and the soloing, and that's it. Yeah, I so, can't imagine. so essentially, I don't know what was... And, and Jacob Bunnan plays violin on that, too. That's him. So okay. I, I, I don't understand what how, first of all, that's a Mick Mars song. It's not. Now, granted, listening to that, it, it's, a, it's, it's as much as bad as Brandon. It's not. It, you are 100% right. That is a better song than Brandon. It's a little more competent. It's a, I think because it's not as stupidly specific as Brandon is, like Brandon, you're my son, Brandon, blah blah blah. blah. This one's at she least a, your mom. This one is at least a little like vaguer. Like it could be about anything in general. Still cheesy as hell. Um, right. but that is as much a Mick Mars song as Brandon was a Motley Crue song. Like it's, I, yeah. I, questionable decisions putting these things out. But there you go, some. Man, some flat-out terrible stuff between Ace Fraley and... And, and so, I can't believe it. It's getting relatively decent reviews, too. And I think it's who? Just from who? From people that probably are like, uh, Mick Mars got the shaft. Oh. The Mick Mars defenders. It must be. Because I don't know how you can listen to this and go, yeah, man, this is worth... Like Metal Injection gave it an 8 out of 10, or Classic Rock an 8 out of 10... Like eight out of ten. Oh my god! Have we really fa- have things fallen that bad? 
that we're giving this an 8 out of 10. Like, if that came out 20 years ago, would that still be an 8 out of 10? 20 years ago? Doubt you, I doubt it would be an 8 out of 10 there, but it would at least be closer to relevant. Closer to relevant, but I still don't know that it would be an 8. I don't know that any Motley Crue record would be an 8 out of 10. Dr. Feelgood, maybe? Like, that's 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 high praise. Dr. Feelgood's a good, good album. Right, that's high. 8 out of 10 is a really good record, right? Yeah. Like. How many, how many really, how many eight out of tens does Motley Crue have objectively in their discography? How many uh, eight uh, out of tens? The only, that's the only one. So there you go. So there's ain't no way this thing is hanging with the best of crew. I mean, even if that one song was pretty like enjoyable in a dumb knuckle scraping kind of way, but good Lord. I don't know, man. I know. Maybe our, maybe my ears don't work anymore. Maybe, uh, maybe I just don't get rock music anymore in uh, in 2024 but you know what maybe i don't because i'm about to transition into a whole lot of duncan chic and it's duncan chic night it's duncan chic night here on the dbc it's a right one after we got, yeah right after we got rid of mick mars it's duncan chic night That's it's a great it's a one night affair here on the dbc a one-time only deal duncan chic night he's going to be uh, the star of two segments both our uh one hit wonder which he assuredly is uh and um and our cover segment because the man put out a covers record a bunch of years ago that uh, we never talked about on the show, but I thought would be... And I don't think I've ever heard. I thought would be worth some conversation, if for nothing else than the interesting arrangements of some songs that you know. And I'm actually quite a big fan of it. So All I hope is that the entire crowd didn't leave, thanks to the opening act. Mm. When you lead with Ace Frehley saying, constantly cute, I think you've scared off all but the most ardent supporters. So they so the supporters didn't even make it to Big Mars. They didn't even make it, unless they just are fast forwarding through this because they knew Duncan Sheik Night was coming up, and they just you know, yeah. they went got a drink, used the restroom, and now up oh, here we're back. It's time for Duncan Sheik Night. So we're going to start with the uh, one hit wonder uh, piece of this. So you know, from time to time, we pick an artist that uh, is deemed a one hit wonder, and we kind of take a listen to some stuff in their catalog, and we play obviously the song they're known for, and. We'll dip into some of their other stuff a little bit deeper in their catalog that, that maybe didn't become a hit, justifiably or unjustifiably so. And then usually at the end, we kind of come to a conclusion. Was this a, a justifiable case, or did they kind of get a raw deal? Or in an alternate universe, could they have been bigger than they were? I have a feeling that at the end of this one, we're going to come to the same conclusion, which is that this was always destined to be uh, one hit. I don't know. Um, I'm but, not revealing it yet. Okay. So Duncan Sheik, uh, you know, came out in the nineteen uh, mid nineteen nineties with his um, release, uh, self titled debut, that had the single uh, "Barely Breathing" on it. It was a gigantic song. Uh, was which I was shocked to find that it only peaked at number sixteen on really? the Billboard chart. But it was a track that it held on. It was like an iris type maybe not quite to the level of iris but it was a song that just never went away it was always playing somewhere radio and i hear it still today. still here it's it stood the test of time yep it is it's mall core too it's mall it's mall core it's bank lobby core it's a whole bunch of things um did not realize i was looking a little bit of his bio he's from jersey uh i knew that he had ties to diana ross because i remember hearing that back in the day Yeah, he knew Diana Ross's daughter from Brown University. They went to Brown University, and I remembered like a VH1 piece Tra- when Duncan Tracy Ellis Ross. Yes, 
when uh, Duncan Cheek became uh, started to get some stuff. I remember a thing on VH1 that was like, oh, Diana Ross like might have had a hand in like, oh, you should talk to this agent and blah, 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 blah. Not that she like got him signed directly, oh, no. but um, but I also did not know this. He played in a band with Lisa Loeb. Oh, I didn't know that either. A band called His Boy El... No, I'm sorry. Uh, in a group called Liz and Lisa, which is Elizabeth Mitchell and Lisa Loeb. Uh, and then is there, is there an album with that? Uh, Liz and Lisa, uh, they did have an album in 1989. Oh, and oh. one in 1990 really? called days were different. Holy shit. I had no idea that existed. Uh, and they also put one out in 2003, which is a collection of children's music played in a folk music style. So there's that. There's the next big dive for you. But uh, nope, yeah, so he they are, they're not on title. Boo. So yeah, so he's got his uh, connections with Lisa Loeb um, and put put his record out in 96. Barely Breathing was a huge hit. Follow-up singles uh, did not really do anything at all. Uh, there was uh, She Runs Away and Reasons for Living uh, came off the record, did nothing, next to nothing, put out a couple records after that. And then I think the problem was that he kind of, his records, like he did like a very Nick Drake folk record, then he put out another pop record. Mm-hmm. Then he got into Broadway, which is actually where his like second act really is and where he's found mm-hmm. his greatest success. Right? He's a Tony Award winning um, uh, composer for Spring Awakening. Oh, I didn't know and, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a major force in, in... If I mention his name to like theater kids now, they'll know him from Spring Awakening, no, not from anything else. Uh, he also did, a, I think, an American Psycho... Um, they did a play, a musical of American Psycho. He wrote, that's where his thing is now. He still puts out pop records. He put one out in 2022 called clap trap. It was, eh. um, but we're going to go back to the start. Here's the song that did it all. There's one that you're still here. It's called barely breathing. And, uh, then we're going to take a listen to some other tracks from throughout his career and, you know, see if anything had a chance. Uh, of maybe uh, uh, keeping his career afloat a little bit more, making him not just an entry at a trivia night. But uh, here we go. Barely Breathing by Duncan Sheik, DBC. You know this one. Check it out. you're doing I see it all too clear I only taste the saline when I kiss away your tears you really had me going wishing on a star the black holes that surround you are heavier by far I believed in your confusion so completely torn it must have been that yesterday was the day that I was born
if you were in like a Bank of America lobby uh, today. That was uh, Barely Breathing, Duncan Cheek. You know, I I have not ever gone uh, to karaoke before, but it's a thing that like I'm willing to do. It's like a thing that I would like to do if the, if the um, you know, opportunity ever presented itself, and that's a song I'd sing the shit out of that song. 110%. I, so I that's not my thing. But karaoke isn't? Wanted- no, but I have wanted to do it just once or twice. I've never done it. Mm-hmm. I've really wanted to do it. So one day, maybe you and I will have to find some karaoke so that I have someone that has <laughs> done it and one of us will have the balls to actually do it. Oh, you get enough in me and I'll I'll definitely do it. Um, and I, yes. I mean, I already have songs in my head. Like, I know what songs I would do. Like, I have a list of oh, like... I know, I know one song and I've been practicing that song. <laughs> in the shower. In the shower. Every single like week for like the last ten years. What do you think it is? Give me, give me a guess. You're never gonna guess. Brandon by Motley Crue. Yes, that's it. Brandon, <laughs> you're you are my son. Could you imagine? <laughs> that's great. All right. Well, now listen. It's replaced by Mick Mars. It's that's not it. Prince. I know you love Prince, but I can't imagine you trying to do a Prince song. Oh my God, that'd be horrible. Right. Uh, it is. It is uh it is Jump Around by House of Pain. Oh, dude. Really? Yeah, I can do that. Uh-huh. I can do um Mama said knock you out. And if I really really had a lot in me, I I would attempt to do scenario, which is probably all rap one songs. Of the more, yeah, which wow. is one of the more difficult songs certainly scenario. So you don't want to sing get down to that Buster Rhymes line. So you don't want to sing anything. You just want to get up there and rap. I don't have I don't have a voice to sing. I don't have a voice to rap either, but it's probably better than the singing voice. Okay. All right. Well, you you go up there and do scenario, and I'll do barely breathing by Duncan Sheik, and we'll be the most so popular. What's the, what's, the, what's the scenario? Yo. We'll be the most popular uh, uh, folks at uh, karaoke night. Um, but anyway, that's I, I still think that's unimpeachably a great song. It's it's really it's well produced. I love the shimmery guitar stuff in there. I remember loving it at the time. And I remember a, a, a girl that I was seeing at the time in high school. She bought the record. I didn't go so far, as, and then I listened to it, and I was like, "This is all really like maudlin and slow, and like there was nothing it in it." it now is. there's I there's one other track on it that I love. She runs away. I think is a fantastic song, but I didn't pick it as a as a song to feature here because it has zero shot 
at doing right. anything, right? There's nothing right. on that first record. So it's interesting that both of us, for our next two picks, went to the second record, which did nothing. Right. Uh, the second record called Humming, which I think is his best record, um, has a lot of really good songs. I had a couple that I could pick from. I actually went with uh, one of the singles. Actually, did you go with a single too? Is Was that one a single as well? No, that was not. Mine Yours was, was not. not. A single. Okay, so mine was a single, and it flopped hard did nothing and my reasoning for picking this song which is called bite your tongue um was that maybe the problem with duncan Sheik was that that first record was all just again the slow acoustic thing maybe he needed something to like beef up the sound a little bit add a little bit of punch to it and to for my money bite your tongue had a little bit had a hook it had a little bit of punch in the arrangement and so that's the direction I went. Would it have ever had a chance to eclipse something like Barely Breathing? No. But maybe could it have gotten a foot in the door for people who had written them off as whatever, maudlin, sad sack, whatever? Possibly, but I don't know. I still think the argument is uh, on the side of he's deservedly a one-hit wonder. But check out Bite Your Tongue. Yeah. I think it's a great tune uh, from the second album, Humming, by Duncan Sheik. Check it out.
been let down And that was a lead uh, single from Duncan Cheek's second record called Humming, uh, which for my mind is the better album. Uh, and that track was called Bite Your Tongue. A little more yeah. rock, a little more teeth to it. Catchy. Uh, I, just, I love his production. Uh, it's just not as sleepy as some of his, so much of his other stuff, which I like some of the sleepy stuff, but just not for like a hit perspective, yeah. right? Well, it's interesting that you said that because so... So we we kind of have this running list going of artists that we wanted to tackle at some point. And so when you gave me uh, the list of artists that you thought about, mm-hmm. I went through every one of them and listened to all the records. And I have a playlist of everything so that if you could come, you know, 10 minutes before the show and say, I want to do this and I'd have it ready. Yep. So I figured, all right, that's good. I now this was a long time ago I listened to these, but I remember listening to these albums and struggling yeah. mightily yeah, to get through it. I think you mentioned you might have texted me and said this is a struggle. I I am not into that the mellow folkish stuff that he is he was doing. I didn't realize and I don't know at the time. I'm sure I listened to the debut record. I'm sure I listened to it, mm-hmm. but I don't remember it. I didn't remember it. I didn't remember humming at all, and nothing after it was ever on my radar. So we actually, I actually put Daylight in rotation because that came out during my uh, tenure, and that was probably his next best shot at having a hit. In fact, he actually had a dance hit on it. Or the track On a High was released as a single. It charted as a dance track. We played the hell out of it at TSR. Song Genius. Uh, yeah, start right. again oh we played we played a bunch of those songs big time but again that was in that little like tsr bubble that i sometimes think like oh you guys don't know duncan cheeks daylight like no no one knows it but that yeah. was like the last like pop pop record he did then he after the white limousine had some stuff on it but then kind of went the folky thing and then i feel like he's kind of gone off the deep end with the solo stuff lately it's yeah well i i, I struggled i also agree that humming is the better of the records and um I still don't ever need to go back to any of these. Mm-hmm. So I think based on that statement, you already know how I feel. Mm. But but We I, both feel I, the same way, though, I think. A justified, justifiable one-hit wonder, right? Yeah, and, and, well, and I was surprised to see, think you were going to say that and as you were going on because you picked them. So right. I figure you would have picked someone that you would have supported to have other you know songs on it and stuff. I don't usually feel that you picked the ones that justifiably well, only had one stay tuned for my bonus cut but i'm still not going to make a hard case for it it's i think it's i like him a lot but i that first record was like a terrible record to kind of make your entrance because it's one really pristine incredible pop song crossover thing and then just so much samey sad sappy yep. stuff that just doesn't translate Yep, that's a death. That's a death knell. I gotcha. I gotcha. So I went to humming and I went to the song that's directly after yours, Bite Your Tongue, called Alibi. 
probably the only two songs on the record that I actually enjoyed. Um, and even this, I don't know that this would have been a hit, mm-hmm. but it's the best I could pull off, man. Really. Okay. Here it is. Check it out. Music from Duncan Cheek on the DBC One Hit Wonders.
another track from Duncan Cheek's second uh, record, uh, the record no one heard, called Humming. That track was called Alibi. Uh, another good one, I think closer in spirit to the first record. That kind of more mid-tempo, the use of the strings in there, didn't have any real rock element to it. it had a nice hook to it. It's pleasant. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Like, and, I, like I said, I mean, it's it's. I struggled to pick someone up, so I was looking for something with a pulse. And sure, that had a good enough pulse for me. One side note, I'm gonna I'm gonna put out there uh, about humming. Uh, something I always appreciated when I bought this record. I think I bought it in a used bin or, or something. I have a memory of, but we in, bought all records in a used bin. Come yeah, on. but this is before my. I got this in high school, so like before I wow. learned about prax and. So maybe I found it in a used bin. But anyway, in the um, booklet with the lyrics, I've not seen this in too many others. Each one of the songs, it lists the guitar tuning. And I found that to be very helpful and also learned that Duncan Sheik is a, he messes with tunings. Uh, Some of them are in kind of wild open tunings and some cool things like that. So that kind of always made me appreciate Duncan Sheik a little bit more. He wasn't just doing the you know, simple standard tuning folky stuff. Like he was kind of playing around. That's why you could, he could kind of get tones and things that other artists couldn't because his notes are in different arrangements. So okay. I always did appreciate that with him, but uh, for my, so we always do a bonus track. Whoever picks the artist gets the bonus track. And I normally, I feel like the way we've done this is the, the second song that we bring is kind of the one we make the argument. This could have been the next hit. Um, I wanted to save mine for the end. Um, I think this is the only other song that he had a shot in his career that could have done something. And I don't really know why it didn't, why it didn't land. The song is called wishful thinking. It appeared on the soundtrack to the box office bomb, great expectations in 1997. Um, it did chart and peaked at 103, which is basically Uh, not even, not even registering. Right. And that's all it did. Didn't go anywhere on the like U.S. Adult or the AC chart, which he had some, you know, a little bit of stuff here and there on. Um, this did nothing. I remember hearing it occasionally on the radio. Saw the video a couple times, but this, for my money, is the best single that he wrote apart from "Barely Breathing." Um, and it's just a shame that this one did not catch on and that it was buried on a soundtrack. And maybe its association with that crappy movie is also what killed it. Is like because that movie got toxic reviews. No one went to see it, and then this song was in it. But it's a great song. Do you remember this one at all? I don't think so. Okay, so because it's not on any of the records, but it's on it's on his greatest hits, greatest hits uh, compilation that he has. But uh, yeah, here it is. Wishful thinking. See what you think. Maybe this is the only other one he's got in his catalog worthy of uh, of hit status. But here we go. Wishful thinking on the DBC first listen. Uh, full coverage.
There was Duncan Sheik's contribution to the uh, Great Expectations soundtrack. Terrible movie. Great soundtrack, though. Chris Cornell's Sun Shower is on there. Uh, there's Davi Garza song on there. Slave is on there. Uh, a couple other good songs. And that was Wishful Thinking, the only radio single off of it. In my mind, the only other shot he had at a radio song. That uh, had a hook to I, I, it. I, I, yeah, but not big enough. Not yeah, barely breathing big. Not barely breathing big. Yeah. But if you go through his other records... That's the only other one that he had that I think could have connected. Obviously, sure, it didn't. Fair. Obviously, didn't. Um, but still, I, I, for my money, my favorite uh, Duncan Cheek song. Okay. Do love that track. So, uh, end result, the verdict is Duncan Cheek. Sorry, buddy. Definitely a one hit wonder. Worthy one hit wonder. Glad you're living your truth out there, doing your Broadway shows and uh, and all that. But um, yeah. A pop songwriting career was not really in the cards for you. However, he that hasn't stopped him from putting out stuff. He's kind of, not steadily, but he puts out records every now and then. And they vary from pop bass to like acoustic and then more theatrical. And then in the middle, he, for whatever reason, decided to put out a covers record. And I don't understand this. In 2011... He dropped a cover 80s EP, covers 80s, Duncan Sheik covers 80s, and it's all uh, British 80, all 80 songs from British artists, British bands, yeah. British singer-songwriters. Um, did you uh, take a look at the track list or anything? Do you know any of what's... No. Okay, you do not. I, right. I, I know. I stayed off of this, and, and okay, good. I told you, I, I listened to the whole catalog and mm -hmm. i don't know if this wasn't on there but i don't remember it well i think you would have known because none of the songs on here with the exception of 
No, I mean, they're all pretty obvious. Maybe not the Cure one, but like, so it's all British bands. There's 12 tracks on it, um, and it features such non-obscure acts as New Order, The Cure, Love and Rockets, Tears for Fears, uh, The Smiths. I guess the most obscure stuff on here would be Japan doing Gentlemen Take Polaroids and uh, Blue Nile Stay. Maybe well, Blue Nile was big in the UK. Correct. Right. I'm saying that I, as far as like obscurity, that's about as obscure as it gets because everything else like okay. New Order, Love Vigilantes, right? Love and Rockets, So Alive, Tears for Fears, Shout, uh, Smith's William, It Was Really Nothing, um, Thompson Twins, Hold Me Now are all pretty like big songs. So I think that if you had put a playlist together and these would have absolutely jumped out at you because you would have gone, holy shit, is he doing whatever? Um, I don't know why I listened to it because I was kind of not really following Duncan Cheek around that time, but maybe it was just the prospect of 80s covers. And I found myself really enjoying it. It's very, acu- it's very acoustic. So full disclosure, it's acoustic versions, which I think bookends your black metal thing nicely. It's going completely the opposite direction. But it's taking a lot of these songs that are very synth-based and really kind of deconstructing them. The first one that we're going to hear is Stripped by Depeche Mode, and which is absolutely not a song that you think is going to be pulled off with like acoustic guitars and like uh, like a xylophone right? and some really interesting instrumentation. I remember playing this for number two years ago. He had not followed Duncan Sheik later either and did not hear this record. I remember him listening to this song and like really being intrigued by the arrangement. He might not have like liked it, but he was like, that's a really interesting way to do this song and kind of like big ups to Duncan Cheek for doing that. I will mention one uh, cameo on this record, the singer Holly Brooke, who now goes as Skylar Gray. Okay. Uh, She appears on this. So when you hear the female uh, vocal parts in some of these, randomly it's that i forget what was skylar gray she had like a hit right she had some pop hit she had is, one i think is escaping me but she yeah. was originally holly brooke and she put out like a singer songwriter record it went nowhere she changed her name and kind of went the pop route when she was still holly brooke she's on this so occasionally you'll hear her uh pop up in it but um very stripped down but check this out see what you think here's depeche modes uh, stripped as done by duncan chic on his covers 80s album from just about 13 years ago. Check it out. Come with me into the trees. We'll lay on the grass. Let the hours pass. Take my hand, come back to the land Let's get away, just for one day Let me see you stripped down to the bone Let me see you stripped down to the bone Mm-hmm. 
metropolis has nothing on this. You're breathing in fumes. I taste when we kiss. Take my hand. Come back to the land. Everything's ours for a few hours. Let me see you stripped down to the bone. Let me see you stripped down to the bone. Let me hear you make decisions without your television. Let me hear you speak and just for me. Uh, Duncan Sheik covering the Depeche Mode synth pop classic stripped with absolutely zero synth in there all mm-hmm. strings and some xylophone and a ban- there's banjo in there and I definitely like that I think I like that better than, than the original than the originals I that is my absolute favorite unfortunately that's track one it starts off at the highest point there's a lot of really great stuff on this but like that just I think that's what hooked me blew my mind how good that was so i'm glad you liked it um we'll do a couple more uh i want to do one of my favorite songs ever and it's a talk talk cover and it's them doing uh life's what you make it so not going the easy route and just doing like it's my life or or talk talk doing one of the i mean it was still a big single but you know not the big big one not the biggest but um for my money my favorite of the talk talk like pop singles um and again it's a deconstructed it's slower it's still got the piano part but this is where the female vocal kind of comes in because they do some really nice vocal interplay here like trading off on lines so see what you think of this this is life's what you make it uh by duncan Sheik, and you will hear uh holly brook in there as well check it out
Again, we here at the DBC like to bring you covers that kind of take the original, deconstruct it, make them unrecognizable. That's not unrecognizable, but stripping all the original instrumentation away 
and that is Life's What You Make It, the talk talk. Again, very synthy 80s classic, stripped down to piano, guitar, male, female vocal interplay. I love it. I think it's fucking great. Uh, good. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't like the arrangement as much as I like the arrangement to Stripped. Sure. But it's a good song. But you can I see, mean, you, you like the original more than I do. I mean, I like the original. You but can, you like it a lot more than I do. Sure. So. Absolutely. You can, but you can definitely tell that like there was a, uh, there's like a thesis with this record, right? Like they're all kind of done. There's feces? Uh, 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 humans bathing in raw human feces. Is that what? It, oh, d- uh, degenerates that what bathing in raw human feces. Is that what you said? The feces? There's a feces? I said there was a thesis. Oh. Okay. Uh, to this, like clearly, like the songs are all being sort of done in that same style. Like let's strip it down to acoustic instrumentation, basic sure. stuff, bare bones stuff, but keep the retain elements of them. And so I'm gonna do one more because uh, I know we're running short on time. But I want to I want to do yeah. one that I think is um just takes a great 80 song and takes away the production that if you're from the eighties, you're going to be sympathetic to it. If you're coming to the song now, you might go, that sounds cheesy and dated. Uh, but when you strip it away to acoustic instrumentation, which sounds timeless, you realize that it is just a gorgeous song. The track is the ghost in you by the psychedelic furs. And if you can hear that song in your head, you can hear that keyboard part, which is very of the time and very dated sounding, but when you strip that away and now it's a piano and acoustic guitar playing it, you realize what an absolutely gorgeous song that is. And they, and he does and with Holly Brook, just a really great version of this classic 80s song. So check this out. This is the ghost in you final uh, song. We're going to play from Duncan cheeks covers eighties album, which came out a while ago, but do check it out. If you're uh, into this, um, it's really worth your time. So here it is one more from Duncan cheek on the DBC full coverage.
Superman just take away the time and get in the way. Ain't it just like rain? And love, love, love is only heaven away. Inside you. Time moves, she don't fail. The ghost in you, she don't fail. Inside you, the time moves, she don't fail. The ghost in you, she don't. Absolutely gorgeous cover of The Ghost in You, the Psychedelic Furs classic track there by Duncan Sheik featuring uh, Holly Brooke there on background vocals. And that is the last track on Covers 80s, his 80s covers EP, which I really think is worth your time. What you think of that? That's just a gorgeous song, right? Yeah, no, I like that a lot better than... Uh, I shouldn't say a lot better. I like that. I think that was maybe the best of the three you played. I really like Stripped. But that was a gorgeous song. I admit that. And it does take some of the, like, all the credit in the world of the Psychedelic First for writing a great song, but it is kind of hampered by the production of the time. But you strip that away and you realize that's a timeless song. Like, it doesn't matter. You can't say, oh, cheesy 80s song. Uh-uh. That song works. Sure. And that's, what's cool. and that's what's cool about a test like this, right? This is like a stress test for songs. Can your song hang, right? Would the safety dance hold itself up to this probably not probably not but was the ghost in you it absolutely does so check that out i can i can pretty much assure you that the safety (laughs) dance does not hold up it does not check that out if you're into it and uh and i hope you uh number one as well get a chance to listen to it and we'll uh, touch base on it later nope i'm not going to thank you all right we're gonna listen to (laughs) song exchange right now you motherfucker anyway song exchange let's do it oh yeah yeah we're burning daylight you're not interested. You're not interested in introing this. Oh, uh, 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 six songs. Uh, he picks three. I pick three. He's going first. Hey, that was good. I like that. <laughs> talked a lot. Now you can talk. there you go. All right. The first band I'm bringing is a is one of my favorites. I brought him a couple years ago off their last record. Are you serious? Uh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, the band is called Simon Spine. Uh, they are a they were a three-piece out of New York. They are now a five-piece. They inducted two new members into the band uh, recently. Uh, they released a record in uh, 2021 called Charismatic Megafauna, uh, of which had a song called Jacket on it, Don't Want You Back, of which was one of my favorite songs of 2021. Great yeah. band. Uh, they are, um, I would call them a uh, sort of a psychedelic pop, um, little post-punk, uh, certainly a dancier element. This record is very, very catchy. Um, 
the 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 new record is called Head Body Connector and came out this past week and it's brilliant from start to finish man it is a great record this is one of those groups that I'm think I'm going to continue to bring until they hit it big of which with the name of Simon Spine I don't know if that's ever going to happen so you're making um, this like a personal project then you're going to try to make them happen like I'm trying to make Kid Capici happen I'm trying mm-hmm. to make planes happen mm-hmm. now i want to make i want to make simon spine uh happen as well so um they, the the first single from this record was a song called boys uh came out a couple months ago um but we're not going to play that one instead i am going to play this song be the worm off uh simon spine's new record uh head body connector That's music from Bastard Number One's pet project, Simon Spine. Uh, a track called Be the Worm. Find that on their newly released album, Head Body Connector. That's real good. Um, and not 
not a sound I would expect you to bring. It sounds it's a little like- quirk. It's a little quirky, but it's got so m- the hooks on the record on both those records are so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's catchy. Yeah, it just seems it seems very like indie riffic. I hear the psychedelic in there. It's good. There's a good little mix there. Nicely done. I can't believe I don't remember that name. Like I saw it and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then you're telling me I've seen it before. That kind of yeah, blows. and actually, I think you like the song too. It's very possible. I might have to go back and. I think that's you know when you get to nine hundred thirty songs, like you you go, you're gonna forget something, and that's kind of what's cool about it, right? You can have little lost gems in here. You can go back and go, oh, holy crap, I forgot about that. Um, all right, good way to start here on the DBC Song Exchange. Um, I am going to, um, actually, uh, so I the way I've structured mine tonight is. They're going in order of one that I think you're least likely to like to most likely to, most likely to like. So I'm ending strongest, <laughs> I think. I'm going the opposite direction. Okay. Well, interesting. So we did not coordinate this. Um, but I'm going to start off with a uh, Milwaukee, uh, they say emo band. I hear a little bit of it. It's more of an indie rock band. I hear some bleachers in there. I hear some, a little bit of punk in there. They're called Barely Civil. Uh, they've been around for a little while now. They put out their, uh, unfortunately, put out their second record in the middle of the pandemic. Um, they are getting ready to release um, a brand new record called "I'd Say I'm Not Fine," which is going to be out in about a month uh, on uh, Take This to Heart Records, and we're going to hear one of the uh, first singles off of that ten-track album, and it's a single called "Better Now." So this is music from Barely Civil on the DBC Song Exchange. Should be over this. I'm sorry, I want to 
There's music from Milwaukee band called Barely Civil. They've got a record uh, coming out next month, and that was a track called Better Now uh, on the DBC Song Exchange. I, I liked it musically. I don't think uh, the vocals were for me that much. That, and that was exactly what I thought you were going to say. I was like, the vocals are not going to be his thing, but it's got it's got a little energy. Um, yeah, we'll see what we'll see how the album goes. Yeah, uh-huh. not not too not too bad. I, I certainly would give it a listen to see what well, you know what's up with it. Well, the good I, the I good news can't. is that's my number three track for you. That means I've got two things I think you're going to like better. Yeah, and so I went um I went a little bit on the opposite direction. Okay, and went um I, I started off with the one I liked the best, and then I gave you two that are a a, a bit crazier. They, um, do you like them better, or do you think I'm going to like them less? I think you are going to like them less. Okay. I love them. Okay. I don't. I don't bring anything I don't love unless right. we're in like January first, where there's no music. Right. That's when I bring things I don't love. But Simon Spine was your favorite one, though. You're you're saying that Simon Spine's my favorite one. I okay. started right up front because I wanted to put these two together because they're slightly insane. Okay. All right. Um. The group that I'm starting off with is a five-piece band out of Chicago called We Weren't Invited. Okay. Uh, they have a bunch of EPs. I think there's four EPs, and they just released their fifth one called Killjoy. So these guys are hardcore at the roots, but they are part of this newfangled wave of hardcore that extends past hardcore. You know, started with Turnstile, or yep. at least that's the biggest one of them but that is is rooted in hardcore and then kind of mixes in pop, kind of mixes in screamo. In this one, you might even hear a little new metal. Don't don't say anything yet. Don't <laughs> just listen to it. Uh, but this is, um, I think this is the most accessible of the songs on this five-song EP. The other ones are, are more hardcore-based and a little bit of screamo. Uh, this is catchy, but it's going to be hit or miss with you, I think. Uh, this is the title track from the Killjoy EP, uh, new from We Weren't Invited.
All right, it's music from We Weren't Invited. The song's called uh, Killjoy. You can find that on their uh, EP of the same name. A little hardcore adjacent uh, business being brought to us by Bastard Number One. Not usually a guy bringing hardcore type stuff to the show, but something spoke to it. Something spoke to you in that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's catchy and it's it is. different. And it's different. I like different. You know this. Yeah. You know, it's definitely not. Yeah. It's definitely that coloring around the edges of hardcore that Turnstile has, you know, some, managed yes. to market into what they. Now, do I think these guys have that? I don't know. Um, but they're certainly coloring outside the hardcore lines, which I think is pretty cool. I'd be but curious. You hear, a, you hear a, a sort of a hardcore bass, though. Absolutely. 110%. Yeah. It's in there, but it's like they're like, oh, we're going to do it slightly this way. We're going to you know, change the angle ever so slightly. And I think for hardcore purists, that's probably not great. They don't like it. Um, or maybe, maybe it's viewed as selling out. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. People are really loving turnstile. Has there not been a turnstile, uh, like, uh, you know, clap back on them, uh, from I don't the, think so. from the scene. I don't think so. Well, that's good to hear. I guess maybe, maybe, you may, you know, maybe in 2024 people have moved on from the whole selling out thing. And they're realizing that just because somebody, you know, put their music in a Taco Bell commercial so that they can put money on the table is, wow. you know, only, so you're only what? allowed to do that in, in hardcore. You're only allowed to do that. If it's a combination pizza hut and Taco Bell, <laughs> this is very true. Very, very true. All right, um, we're going to move on to uh, my second choice of the night. It's from a uh, singer-songwriter named Eric Slick. Sounds like an 80s rapper. Doesn't it, Eric Slick or our, our like Grace Slick's uh, long-lost uncle? Le- lesser talented younger brother, <laughs> Eric. Yeah. Uh, Eric Slick, uh, it's his name, apparently. Uh, I looked it up, and he uh, was born Eric James Marshall Slick. Uh, you don't cha- in in 2024. You don't change your name to Eric Slick. No, uh, he's uh, he's actually well known quantity. If you're into um, the band Doctor Dog, he's the drummer of Doctor Dog. Now, I've never liked Doctor Dog. I know a bunch of people who are really into them. Uh, those people also really like listening to like NPR uh, and things like that. And it's just it's never been my bag, uh, Doctor Dog. But uh, he's the drummer. The drummer made a record. Uh, he's made multiple records uh, uh, under under Eric Slick. He uh, he's also the drummer on the Taylor Swift 2021 song "You All Over Me" featuring Marin Morris. Right. So he clearly has some money. Uh, he's married to singer songwriter Natalie Prass. So he's got a little uh, a musical thing going is. on, and uh, she's got a couple records out. And uh, this, I believe, is his third record uh, that's coming out. So it's a little. He's got a bunch of different projects out but he put a solo album out in 2017 then one during the pandemic uh he's got a new one coming out called new age rage which is going to come out in the um spring i think about april we're gonna hear a track called lose our minds it's kind of got a uh they they describe talking heads in the little press release here i hear some of that it's quirky there's some just odd instrumentation. It's got a danceable groove, but like a weird groove, not like a, not just a straight dance track. It's, it's, it's odd, but it'll get your booty shaken. Uh, let's see what you think of uh, lose our minds by Eric slick on the DBC song exchange.
attention All these dumbass faces talking Is there something you and I can do to stop it? To keep from walking off the deep end We should be dancing, no more sleeping Everybody get up This train is leaving the station Gonna pack it up In the constellation It's time to shine Let's lose our minds for one more night We knew it All these cashed up losers blew From Eric Slick, track is called "Lose Our Minds." You can find that on his uh, upcoming album called "New Age Rage." That's a drummer from Doctor Dog. Doctor Dog sounds nothing like that. I don't know. I'm not even familiar with Doctor Dog. I don't think folky, folk rocky. It's not that. Absolutely, there's no booty okay. shaking with Doctor Dog. That's fine. Um, I like that one. That was that was fantastic. It's funny, though, with the fascination, all, all I can think of now is keep feeling fascination. Yeah. Because it, it, it had that electronic feel to it. Mm-hmm. It had the little vocal effect afterwards, too. So now all I can uh, think about is that. Go pull yeah. that out. Yeah. No, good stuff. All right. What's your final track of the uh, show? 
Uh, and this one's uh, this one's noisy. This one's weird. Is this one directed uh, at us? The title of the band? Yeah, it might be. I think we might <laughs> we might be uh, them. I I honestly thought this one was going to be a rap album when I, I listened to it. Um, the band is a five piece. Uh, we're actually traveling overseas for this one to London. Um, called the Alcoholics. Now it's two E's. So the so, Alcoholics. The Alcoholics, and and I, I I swore if I'm, I'd have to look it up. But I, I thought there was a band or a rap artist in the '80s called the Alcoholics as well. Um, maybe spelled a little bit. This is spelled normally with Alcoholics, and uh, I think there was a K on their band. But I really thought that I was going to be listening to a rap album. It wasn't. Um, these guys have. This could be considered the debut. Uh, they put out a uh, two cassette only releases. It looks like one in 2020 and one in 2021. I mean, the second one is called Tape Two. Uh, leads me to believe they're more demos than anything else. Did that um, tape sell as many copies as the Guardians of the Galaxy mix? Is my question. I, I highly doubt it. <laughs> I highly doubt it. Um, but the song "Asshole and Egos" was on it, so that's a that's a pretty good one. That's good for me. Yeah, anyway, so it, it's a, it, it's at least a debut, if not a third album from these guys. They are uh, what I'd consider um, somewhere between No Wave and Noise Rock. Um, and uh, <laughs> what I will say is this one is not as crazy and as noisy as everything else on the record, but it's still... Um, filled with um, um the the name of the track it's filled with feedback and noise and and it's harsh um and and i i absolutely love the record it's called feedback and um, we're going to play the title track from it it's brand new music from the alcoholics <laughs>
bachelor, right. bachelor number one, I'm so proud of you. You've come oh so God. far. You've come so far in your like appreciation of like just straight up noise. Like back in the day when you just like dismiss Sonic Youth and all that stuff. I love that you love just noise now. It's so yeah. good. It's real good. That's well, the and, alcoholics. And I'll keep going with that, and then I'll, I'll tell you something else I've just discovered too. No, it's re- it's real good. The feedback is the name of the album. It's the name of the song. It's the name of the sound that you heard through a good portion of that. Yeah. Uh, the Alcoholics. Uh, everything. Uh, the album cover art sucks, but beyond that, I have no. Oh, note. I love. I love the album. That. Ugh, I don't like that. It looks like some pop art thing. That I could do without. The rest of it, though, no notes. Great. Definitely looking forward to listening to the rest of that. Good. Now, the other thing I was going to mention coming back around full circle is like, I know you said like when you're doing work or something, you like listening to instrumentals and stuff. Yep. I know you're like a big Brian, Brian Eno fan, stuff like that. I have determined, it wasn't usually my thing, but I really like the ambient side of black metal and or dungeon synth. Yep. And, and I really think that if I could get into an instrumental, I think that would be it. As part of my listening uh, this week, there I came across five different Dungeon Synth records, and I love that sound. That black metal sort of atmospheric ambient sound, mm-hmm. that that I can that I can do. Okay. Look at so that. So I feel like, I, I, yeah, I feel like it's, it's growing. Look at you, mid-40s. Right, mid late forties, wherever you are, wherever you say thank you, you thank are. You, thank you for mid forties. I appreciate that. Okay, and 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 still learning and discovering things. Right, think about how many of your peers are just at you know. I just want to hear that jer- that same journey song that I've been rocking out to for forty five years. Um, well, if you don't stop believing, you like it. Yeah, wait, oh, no. just a I saw a meme uh, yesterday, and it said, uh, "It said my doctor, uh, how much do you drink?" And then it said me, and it was the clip from Steve Perry going, all night, all night. Oh, God. It was very funny. All right, so I uh, have got one last one, and I, for my money, I think this is the one of my songs that is going to be the best for you. Uh, huh. And this is from and saying a, the last one was good. Yeah, I think this one is. I think this one scratches. So this one's got booty shaking, but it's got noise. Oh, this is the this is the coolest thing that I heard in the last week. It's from a New York band called Lip Critic. Now they're a four piece, and it's two drummers and two samplers. Oh wow! Two drummers and two samplers, and they make this like bugged out, like it, it's kind of punk, but it's kind of dance, but it's also electronic. It's kind of a wild sound. And I'm really, really looking forward to their debut record, which they've announced is called Hex Dealer, and it will be coming out in May. So far, all they've done is put out a couple of loose singles and then played a bunch of live shows. Apparently, they've played on bills alongside rappers and then hardcore shows and then like dance acts, and they kind of blend. Like they sort of work because they're sort of bugged out, and any of those crowds kind of like can dig it. Um, yeah. Is this the first Lucy we've brought in a while? Um, well, no, my, um, but Eric slick was a Lucy cause the album's oh, not out yet. Also, oh, that's right. Okay. That yeah. Yep. But, um, but this one is, uh, the record's supposed to come out in May. Uh, and this is a track called milky max and it is just sing right there. Milky <laughs> max. It's just, it's a bugged out track and I think it's so cool. And when you re- realize that it's two drummers and two samplers, 
and then just some barking. You kind of, it's so cool. Check this out. Lip critic on the DBC, uh, song exchange. I love that there's obviously somebody on stage who is just triggering pig samples during that. Well, you know I love my pig uh, pig noises. Uh, pig face talking speak. about pig face live? What? Uh, oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow, look at that. Reminiscing over pig face over pig face. Pig face live. Shit. Uh, that oh, is... Uh, I think me thinking about that in, in my nightmares tonight. Yeah. <laughs> that was Lip Critic. song called Milky Max. You can find that on... Yeah, uh, dude. Uh, right? Am I right? Was I? Did I nail that one? Uh, sorry to interrupt there, but yeah, holy crap, man! That's good. Yeah, you, 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 you know my. I mean, granted, I, I know you. You say I, you know, branched out a little bit, but yeah, I've been branching out for a while. But you definitely know my uh, my groove that I like. So, well, you know, um, if there's some, if if you hear it, like you could just hear it, and you go, yeah, that that's gonna fit. Even if you're bringing like a country song that week, or you're bringing a black metal, or whatever, like you, all your sort of different offshoots like there's a safe space in there where you go like you know this is gonna work yeah it's dancey it's noisy it's yelly it's that really is good i, I bet they're a blast live i i would think so can't imagine how cool they are to see live so uh, the record is called hex deal or it'll be out in may i think that is on both of our um must listen to's uh when it comes out in may 
So that uh, is going to bring uh, tonight's edition of the DBC uh, to a close. Not as long as I mean, it's long, but not as long as I thought it was going to go. And hey, our last one was short, so uh, they balance out. We're making up for it. Yeah, there we go. So uh, we're going to be back next week with uh, more stuff. We'll have some first listens. We'll have some song exchange. Maybe we'll have another one-hit wonder. Maybe we'll have some covers. Who the hell knows? We're going to find out, Bastard Number 1, how many different, um, you know, uh, 20 records from Cattle Piss or whatever metal band he listens to uh, this particular week. I still like Fupa Goddess. Fupa Goddesses. That's a solid one. Uh, and maybe he will have an answer to the question of what is worse, uh, Fupa Goddess Zero or a Rob <laughs> Ron Stewart abortion. I, I don't know that there's a good answer to that. I think they... They, they might be uh, uh, very similar in nature. That's one of those like Buddhist questions, right? The ones that meant to get you to think, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around, does it make a sound? That kind of thing. I think for us, it's Fupa Goddess Zero versus Rod Stewart Abortion, which is worse. I don't know. I love the fact you keep calling that Rod Stewart Abortion. Obviously, I'm doing that for effect because it sounds incredible. It does sound incredible. And if there isn't somebody listening to this show making a band as we speak and taking that name, like you, that's a missed opportunity. That is a band name in waiting for you. All right, we're going to get out of here. It's time to leave. We'll be back next week with more DBC fun and shenanigans. Thank you for listening so much. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, send us an email, destinysbastardchildren at gmail.com. Follow us on the socials. We're on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get it. We'll be back next week with more stuff. For Bastard number one over there in Windy, PA, this is Bastard number uh, three here in Windy, New Jersey. Saying goodbye, everybody. We'll see you later. Say goodbye, Bastard number one. There it is.